What is up, podcast? Welcome to episode number three. This is our first episode after episode one went live. So we're just talking that it's almost more nervous now because it's real. People have listened, people have commented, people have seen it, and it's like out in the world. So now, maybe before it was like we're, we filmed two episodes and they were kept to us. They were kind of private and we were just like comfortable with it. But now it's like really real that like we're speaking to whoever the fuck wants to listen, really. So yeah, I feel like expectations <laughs> put pressure. Yeah, a little more. You know? There, and it's not like we're starting something new and people are like, oh, random people. It's like, you guys do know us. You kind of are expecting to be good. So it's like, fuck, we better at least be a little bit entertaining. So let's hope nope. we can be. We don't want to let you guys down, basically. Yeah, we're not trying to let the people down. So with that being said, this is going to be our third and final episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Oh, we, had a good, good. <laughs> we, had, we had a good run, but... But we're too nervous, so we're quitting. Yeah, this is... <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's kind of a good lead into what we're going to talk about. Yeah, seriously. We're going to talk about some failure, quitting, fear to start, a lot of that good stuff. But before we get into that, you know the drill. We're going to be starting with our rose and thorn of the week. Did you want to change that or not? Yeah, I feel like I went to uh, Christopher's house on the weekend for a, a party, and... Uh, I mean, I was the oldest one there by what five years? At least I was. I was. I was old. Okay, but um, I was talking to one of his friends about like something happened, and I was like, "This is my rose," which I'll share when it's the time. <laughs> but she was like, "Oh yeah, your peach," and I was like, "What do you mean, my peach?" And she was like, "It's your peach and your pit." So like the good part is the peach and the bad part is the pit. And I was like, okay, you're way cooler and younger and cuter than me. And I want to, I want to call it that. I feel like that's way cooler than Rosenthorn. I like that better. You like it better, Matt? Yeah. All right. Sold. Episode three and our continuity is out the window already. <laughs> <laughs> so to start off this episode with the peach and the pit, our highlight and our lowlight of the week or whatever. So which one we want to share? You want to start? Do you want me to start? Uh, I can start. Give her. Um, my peach was, well, honestly, it was that I learned how to take off the cap of a Corona with a lighter. <laughs> Did you? Really? Yeah. Which I still don't know how. <laughs> but, but listen, I feel like that was something that like guys did all the time when I was younger that this sounds so stupid and shallow, but I would be like, that's attractive. You know what I mean? Like you could, you, you, you had a beer that wasn't a twist off and you're like, fuck, I can't open it. And the guy would be like, I got you. And like, just gave it back. And you were just like, Oh my God. Like, wow. <laughs> so, uh, I always wanted to learn how to do it and I never could. And on the weekend I was, we were opening a Corona and Mel, Christopher's friend, like very casually just did it. And I was like, I'm, fucking jealous like I've been trying to learn how to do that since I was 16 years old and she was like oh I'll show you and then she showed me and I got it on my first try and I was like yes this is my rose <laughs> and that's when that's how she brought it that's how and that's when it. she was like oh yeah you're peach and I was like wow I'm old and I'm stealing that because you're cooler and cuter and this is just better she's definitely cooler than all of us yeah she's an awesome girl but, but like opening the beer was obviously amazing, but it was also really fun to like party with young people again. Cause like, I'm not gonna lie, when I first walked in and I walked in with a huge bowl of guacamole <laughs> and chips because like, I don't know, 
you don't go to a party without food or like you're trying to feed the people. I don't know what it is, but obviously this makes me look like the old mom. And all these like little cute, tiny 25 year olds are like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. Look at, she brought food. And I was just like, wow. They weren't even being discreet. They were across the counter looking at her. Oh my God, so cute. And right before that, the guy, I, I threw a surprise party for my best friend, his mom had dropped off meatballs and chips and dip. His mom had come in them. And they were like, oh my God, that's so cute. She brought meatballs. And it mostly shows up with guac and chips. So, so like, <laughs> honestly, the first like probably five minutes, it wasn't long. I was like, wow, I'm so old. I don't belong here. This like, I'm lame basically. Like, and like, I'm not used to feeling like that. I'm only 29. Like, I'm not <laughs> used to it. But then after a while, I like actually had a really good time. And it was, it was nice to like, party with young people and like feel he was just nice to party with cool people yeah his friends are so nice <clears throat> like they're so genuine and like it, it was really nice i had a lot of fun and i learned how to open a beer so which i'll probably never do again teach me before you leave today. or the next time that i do it it'll be in five years and i won't remember yeah um my pit is very hard because it's more personal than I want to speak about, but I can't lie. And I feel like I also have a pit that I don't want to share, but like then because I have something, I can't think of anything else because of my perspective, right? Like this was a, a hard week for me and I don't want to share it because it is personal to people that I care about, but there's shit going on in, I guess I, I can say my family and it's, it's two people that I care about and I want them to be happy and love each other. And they don't, they aren't right now. So it's, it's hard and it's sad and I care greatly about both of them. So it's hard to see that. And it's hard to like feel that and not be able to fix or do anything about it. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Try to be in the middle of it. <laughs> All right, Matt, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I mean, mine are, I didn't really have a bad week, but uh, I'll start with my peach. And that was probably that I finally made it down to the beach after I don't know how long. So it was That's something that you finally get out of the house. Are you allowed to do that? Uh, yeah, they opened it up maybe like a month ago, but I just was kind of like not going or whatever. And, yeah. and uh, I went down this past weekend and... I mean, there's probably more people at the beach than there's ever been before. I For guess because sure. because people can't go anywhere, so yeah, they're just going to the beach. But uh, I mean, no one's wearing like here. We have to wear masks and stuff, but no one's wearing masks. No one's doing anything on that on the beach. Like I went there, I sat down. Everyone's social distancing. I went down to the water, come back to the towels, and like these young group of kids. Like you said, and I felt so old now at the beach, but. They literally put their towel like as they were like sitting with us, like lined up like two inches from ours. And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't even know, understand why you would do it. But like, because there was no room or because no, there was plenty of room. Like, yeah, no, plenty of room. They just so happened weird. to, I don't, they thought they were part of the group. I really don't know. So you have to wear a mask, but on the beach, you don't. Yeah, on the beach. Oh, like you have to wear a mask, like if you go into like restaurant type stuff Lord. or whatever. Oh, like they won't let you enter if you don't have a mask. No, so like. Well, you eat. You gotta just yeah, lift it up, put it in. Wait, do you well, actually have to do that? Well, no, like say if you go outside, they're making you like, they'll have you sit at a table of like six people, really, and you'll wear a mask if you're talking to the server, but you could take it off while you eat. It's really weird. What the hell? Yeah, That's it's weird. weird. It's weird. 
but, but no one was doing yeah. it down there because then it's like yeah, it's a bunch of kids really down at the beach yeah. at least on a friday i went so yeah. there was kids and no one really cared yeah well and it's not like like you cannot enter if you don't wear a mask it's like it's just an open space you're there you know what i mean well even like bars they start they gave them warnings and even took away some of their liquor license because they weren't like following the rules and people they were allowing people to go up to the bar and get drinks and they're not allowed to do that apparently so they were taking away their liquor license jesus wow yeah I mean, you can just give a fine. You don't need to take away someone's it's liquor license. You know like what I mean? Them under, yeah. I think like like down the shore, they were giving them more of like a warning. But like a couple like places uh, more in like northern Jersey, they were just I don't know if they were given warnings before, but in the news they just said they took it away. So I don't know. They like they took it away. I guess for the time being until I don't know when. You Jersey boys are crazy, down there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, aren't all people from Jersey a bit crazy? Oh, yeah, like there's a different. Like, if you go to Canada and Jersey, there's totally a difference. I mean, <laughs> so like, different. Yeah, <laughs> like there's always someone in Jersey. Ha- you always feel like you have an edge or something that like or a chip on their shoulder in a sense. You know, yeah. it's rough. Yeah, people are. Yeah, more, like everyone's always like in a rush to get somewhere or anything like that. You go to Canada, everyone's like polite, polite, saying hi and thank you and everything like that. Holding the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't yeah. happen in Jersey. Really, I feel so I mean, it does, but when I visit him in Jersey. Jersey. I mean, you know, just from like training with some of the guys here, it's yeah. like in the gym, like grunting is a normal thing. If I go to Canada, Everyone. no one I think has ever grunted in the gym. Yeah, people like grunt, and if you're in their way, they're like, get the fuck out of my way. Fuck off. They like, do. People, the people <laughs> we all train with are really fucking nice, like exceptionally nice. Like Kyle and Nick yeah, yeah. and fucking everyone, but like if someone, some I would are, cry. If someone said that to me, <laughs> I think of a a stranger said something to me when I was working at Walmart when I was 17 and I cried. They said something like, are you fucking stupid? And I just literally like, <gasps> started crying. <laughs> For them, it's not even rude, though. It's just like, normal. fuck you too, man. And oh, they yeah. go on with their day, right? <laughs> Oh, God. I, like, I mean, like, we'll have like road rage here or something where it's like you have to now, if you piss off the other person, like you'll now try and piss off somebody else or something it's just it's like a chain effect yeah chain reaction or you'll or you'll start like speeding up to catch up to the person that cut you off right at us and driving is like if you're not going like 80 85 miles per hour like you're like you have to be going probably 15 to 20 miles per hour over the speed limit in most cases when you drive. i'd be toast i drive like a grandma i'd be literally toast oh you would yeah i drive really slow but I'd say my, what is it? Pit? My pit is uh, probably that I was down there and I got donuts and I only got one donut and I regret not getting two. <laughs> you had a really rough week, eh? I was like, he I started was this whole thing was, My week wasn't that bad. <laughs> Worst thing that happened, I didn't get two donuts. Oh my God, I didn't get one donut. Jeez. I'll send you one. But yeah, I mean, I can't complain about this week. It was it was a pre- pretty uh, low, low key week. No, that's good. That's good. We all need weeks like that sometimes. For sure. I I need one next week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My peach and pip. My peach, very similar to Melissa's probably, was the party I held on Saturday. It was my friend's 25th birthday and one of my best friends for like 13 years. He was living in Australia and had to come home from the pandemic and I'm super bummed about it. And he likes the party. He loves tequila. 
So I invited all my friends over as like a little surprise party. I got us a bunch of Patron, filled the, the fridge with White Claws and, and had everyone over. And it was a really fucking fun time. It was a really good time. I think the coolest thing about our friendships is we've all been friends since like a lot of us since grade seven, grade eight, grade nine, since high school. And there's like a group of like 10 of us that can get together at any time of the year. Like every Christmas we do something almost every summer and we're still like close and have a great time. And it's like we've, we're still in high school together, which I think is very rare for people to hold on to relationships like that. And while of course some of us aren't as close, a lot of us really are. And I mean, I had, I had a good week too. I went to the cottage yesterday with four of the same high school friends and we were just like best friends ever since, you know, it's, and we just had a great time chilling the cottage, went tubing which is really fun. I almost broke my neck, but it was a little sketchy. I'm trying not to kill myself before the Olympia this year. But it was good. I had a good week with a lot of my friends, so I really can't complain. And my pit, <laughs> I don't want to get into either. My, my pit to relate to most of Peach was I was trying to impress this really cool girl by opening the beer bottle and I couldn't, which I don't even really remember because I had a little too much tequila. <laughs> too, but. It was a bottle of Corona, and I swear, I thought Christopher was just going to crack the neck off. I was like, what are you doing? Stop it! And then Mel took it and just like... Popped it. Yeah. I, I, I usually can do it. I don't know how to do it the right way, but I can force it off. And I, I don't know if I was drinking too much, but I couldn't. And then she Wait, just like took it in my hand. Your, force it off with your thumb? No, you take a lighter and you kind of crack oh, it Oh, I didn't up. know you were doing a lighter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was a lighter. So that was part of my pit, but <laughs> I think I'll leave it at that. That's good enough pit. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty pity. <laughs> <laughs> my pit's more personal than Melissa, so I don't want to bring it up either. Okay, but I have a question. You know how you just randomly said you had white claws in the fridge? Yeah. Like, is that a thing? Do you know what a white claw is? Yeah, yeah. Those are a big deal. They're See, big I'm deal. old as fuck. What is it? It's like the new seltzer. It's like one gram of sugar in it. It's like a, it's a seltzer alcohol drink. It's vodka. I think it's just an alcohol. Yeah, I don't. So probably. <laughs> well, it's just like one of those seltzer ones, but it, okay. it's not like one of those ones that you barely taste anything. You at least have some type of like flavor to it. Yeah. But I, like, I mean, I don't personally. They're, they're like one of them is, I think, good. And I think the rest are all like trash. But I've only had the white cherry and I loved it. Yeah. I think that's like, the one. They're like 140 calories for a tall can, like 5% alcohol. So they're pretty good. Okay. Like I just so had the other ones called like high alcohol. noons or something. Like Barstool Sports always like promotes. And I had one of those over the weekend. And those are so much better than the white claws. Was it, what are they called? High noon. High noon? Yeah. I don't even know if we have those in Canada. I think they're pretty new. I don't know. It's the first time I saw it, so I started having those, and they were good. They're only 100 calories, too, so I was like, whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably not for a tall boy, though. They only have the little ones. Exactly. White closet lower. <laughs> exactly. Trying to you watch lose. my figure. Trying to stay lose. shredded while I get wasted. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. This sounds so bad. <laughs> this is where people realize I'm still 19 years old. You're, but you're 25. I, but I still act like a. Oh, okay. You know? I was like, you're, I, I still call you 19 by accident sometimes. Yeah. Like, young. He's you're 19. Baby he's an <laughs> idiot. I, still, I still think you're like 21, honestly. I feel like everyone who met me at a certain age just didn't think I grew up. I don't know why. I always felt weird, though, because, like, same thing with Mel's. I always was, I'm like the younger brother. I'm always the young one in the family, this and that. And then anytime I go around you or, like, even Calvin, like, you guys are all, like, two. I mean, he's like, what, 22, 23? So I'm going to be 28 this month. And I'm like, uh, I'm so old. 
At least we look the same age. Yeah, yeah. We relatively yeah. act like it. it Calvin does. In my head, you two are the same age, and yeah. Calvin is a baby. Yeah. Like yeah, not yeah. not like a teenager, but like a baby. Yeah. You know. Love you, Calvin. But. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. All right, so this episode we touched on this in the, within the first one we talked about it. Yeah, we're going to be diving into Melissa's absence and why, and we'll quickly go through. It started specifically at the Arnold Prep, right? Oh, it's like it's hard to like root it to the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I feel like yes during the prep. For sure, mm-hmm. not not because of the uh, placing, but like yeah, during the prep, or maybe before I started the prep. Yeah, we'll just start from then, and yeah, this chain of events has kind of led her to be ab- people who follow most. Everyone loves Melissa. She's been pretty absent on social media. You haven't competed in almost two years now, or a year and a half. Uh, yeah. About that, so. Why don't you start with the Arnold prep? Mm. Uh, I mean, when I ended 2018, I had got, I had just got married and we had all three of us just on the Olympia. And I, I had a really good year. Like I felt like I grew a lot uh, as a competitor um I'm not even I almost said as a person but I don't think I grew at all grew at all as a person I think my whole year was focused on competing and getting to the Olympia so from January until whenever September till the Olympia I don't really think that I did anything but compete train and diet I didn't really hang out with my friends. I mean, I planned my wedding, <laughs> but like that wasn't as hard as people say it is. I don't know what people think. It was just, I don't know. My whole year was solely focused on me becoming a better, bigger competitor and getting to the Olympia with the goal of placing top 10 at the Olympia and becoming like one of the top girls. So I had a good year. I did shows. I did my first show alone. I traveled to Tampa completely by myself. I won Tampa Pro. It was like the most proud moment of my entire career. It was so good. Um, Prepped super hard going into the Olympia. Was so excited to go with Christopher and Ian. And I was extremely disappointed with my placing at the Olympia. I'm not going to play that down. I came 12th, which like now that I think about it, I feel like it's actually pretty good, but I still was very disappointed. I think after I won Tampa Pro, I thought, um, and a lot of people said it out loud to me and not just like people that care about me, but like people's opinions that really matter to me that by winning that show, I actually had like a, a big, like almost momentum to allow me to like jump into that like top I mean, people were saying top five at the Olympia, which is like a big fucking deal, especially in figure. Like, it's just like, it's a very, very competitive class. And there's those top like five girls that just like are there. And you know, you know, they're always going to be there, especially the top three. It's just like, that's just how it is. You know what I mean? So when I came 12th, I was disappointed. I also like, 
I didn't really like the look that I brought to the Olympia, but I wouldn't say that really affected me long term. Like I was disappointed. I got home. I was fine. We, uh, then I really started finishing planning for our wedding and then I got married and that was like the best day ever. I had so much fun. It was amazing. And then after that, we went to, uh, Montebello, which is like a little chateau in Quebec. And we had like a few days honeymoon and it was really nice. And then after the honeymoon, I just remember looking at Ian and being like, what now? Like, now what? Like, what am I supposed to do now? And he was like, it's time to take a break. He's like, you need to rest. And I was like, I feel fine. I don't need to rest. And he was like, okay, but like, you've done a lot this year. Your first show was in April. Your last show was in, in September. You planned a wedding. We just got married. Like, and this is the end of November, right? So this is like coming up on December and, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't rest. I couldn't do nothing. I was like scared to slow down because I, I, I felt like I didn't have anything to look forward to. And it was like a bit depressing. So I decided to apply for the Arnold. And it's strange because like, and I've talked to a lot of people that I'm close with, like Will Whitman and like people that know me on like a pretty personal level, but like only know me through competing and he they've said like well you didn't get in the year before and it really disappointed you so maybe when you applied you didn't actually believe that you would get in so maybe that's why there was like a lackluster effort in the prep at the beginning before you got accepted before I got accepted so mm -hmm. I mean for a little bit of context you apply I think before December it's usually on my birthday you have until December 6th to send in your applications and then they get back to you like usually the week before Christmas, whether you've been accepted or not. And at that point, you're like, how many weeks out are you? Like 12. 11 weeks out or something like that. And uh, so people were saying to me like, well, it's hard for you to like start prep when you don't actually believe you're going to be accepted to the show. And I think that's bullshit because I actually really did believe that I was going to get in after like the season I had and all those things, I, I kind of knew they were going to accept me. Um, but I still wasn't trying. I still wasn't focused. I wasn't excited. I wasn't, uh, I don't know. I felt like distracted and numb, tired, just like going through motions and, uh, even when I got accepted, I didn't, I was proud, but I was also extremely anxious. It just made me worried. I wasn't going to be ready in time. I was, I was going to look bad. Like all these, I don't even know what was going through my head. And, uh, I started prep anyways and just started like balls to the wall, like two hours of cardio a day. Um, I think I was eating, I don't know, 20 grams of carbs a day and maybe like two grams of fat like all my all my meat sources were white fish and I was eating egg whites and uh 
poor Ian was like, this is a recipe for disaster. Like, what are you doing? You can't do this. He was trying to refeed me. And I was like, don't refeed me. I'm not lean. And he was like, that's not the point right now. Like you have, and I just wouldn't listen. And, uh, I would go do an hour of cardio in the morning and then I'd go work out. And then I'd have to do 45 minutes of cardio post-workout and my whole entire like weight session all I was doing was dreading the cardio and I like didn't really care about weight training. I just was like, cardio, get lean, get lean, get lean. And, uh, I mean, it's so it's, I'm usually the type of person that when I prep, I'll like go to bed at 10 o'clock at night and I'll wake up every day at 6am without trying. It just happens. I was going to bed at 10 o'clock and I was sleeping every day until 10, 10 30. And I was exhausted. I was napping during the day, which I've never done. And it was just like a really shitty, shitty prep. I was, I had no drive. It was just, it was awful. I cheated on my diet multiple times. And then I'd starve myself for the next three days. Like it was, and then I'd go do extra cardio to try and compensate. It was just like all the messy cliches that you can imagine when people do it. You're like, what are you doing? You idiot. That was me. And I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't recognize myself. I didn't feel happy. I was just like a zombie. Like it was not cool. And uh, you also isolated yourself from everyone. I feel like I didn't tell anyone how I was feeling. Didn't you, you didn't even talk to anyone. I didn't talk to you the whole prep. No, I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't talk to my friends. I didn't talk. I I sure shit didn't talk to Ian. I wouldn't get on the scale. I wouldn't let Ian look at me for the whole eleven weeks. He's like, I probably should see what you look like in your suit. Nope. Nope. Not one single check-in, not one jump on the scale, nothing. It was just like avoidance at its finest. You know what I mean? Like, just like, oh my God, I can't. Thinking back now, I just like, it doesn't even make sense. Like what I was thinking or why I would choose to do that. Did you think if you just put in as much work as you could, it would come? Because it has in the past? Like if you just did everything you could? No, I didn't have that faith. I had no faith. I knew no matter what I did, it was going to, I mean, I shouldn't even say this because now I'm saying it out loud and I'm like, well, fucking self-fulfilling prophecy, you idiot. But in my head, I knew no matter what I did, it wasn't going to be enough. And I don't know if that's true or if that's what I created. I don't know. I mean, if you told yourself that and it felt like it wasn't, it might have been like after... Or the fact that you like told you so to yourself. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, and then I got to the Arnold and uh, <laughs> that was probably the worst weekend of my life. I also missed the fucking check-ins. Like the athletes meeting, I missed it. I, I, I totally missed it. Someone, I think, I don't even remember who. Some like girl texted me and was like, hey, why aren't you here? It's like, the athletes meeting which is like if you miss it you don't get to go on stage and I remember putting on my clothes and just like sprinting down there and I had to go up and apologize and say I'm sorry I had the time wrong which is like so embarrassing like get your life together like my brain was just I don't even know and then I went back upstairs and I I think we did the meet and greet which like was probably the most enjoyable time of my weekend and I got to hang out and meet some people and then I competed the next day and I remember stepping on stage and I just remember like, oh my God, I can't even speak about it. It's just like, you, all you feel is like, like almost like a gasp and then like 
oh, poor girl, like pity. That's, you feel it when you're on stage and everyone's just like awkward, like, oh fuck, like this, I, like she missed her mark. Like, I know, I feel like I've seen people and felt like that for them. And that's all I felt when I was up on stage. And I walked back and then you have to go back out and do your comparisons and do all these things. And I like went through the motions and I was dead last outside of the last call out. And then I remember coming off stage and I think Ian was the first person that I saw and spoke to. And he just kind of looked at me and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, yep, it is what it is. And like tried to move forward. But were, your emotion, were your emotions just like turned off that weekend? Cause I wasn't there that weekend. Like, were you just like, just going through the motions at that point? I was trying really hard not to feel the mass amount of shame that I did. You know what I mean? Like, I felt so ashamed. Like, I don't even want to use the word embarrassed because it's not strong enough. strong enough for the feeling that I had. I was ashamed. I was ashamed for my name. I was ashamed for my family. I was ashamed for my, like, the community that I felt like I had built. Like, it was, it was fucking awful. Like it was like you, I didn't want to be seen. Like I didn't even really want to talk to people. I didn't, I just didn't, I couldn't even acknowledge it. I mean, I, 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 mean, I know that's not you. Cause I, yeah, I was there in the Europa that year you did previous. And then, and we went to Cali in July. Yeah. And you were just happy, go lucky, calm. You would get up, you'd go walk around and I mean, you still had like fun doing it, I guess, you know. Mm -hmm. So as I said, just to hear like those things, I've heard it a little bit before, but just hearing more of it now. I mean, that's completely not you, you know. Because mm -mm. mm -mm. even on stage in like, say, Cali, I think you had placed second or something there. Mm -hmm. But like you got off stage, like you just said, hey, like I just got to get back. And because that's when you decided to do Tampa. But like you said, at that point, you had been competing probably, I think Europa was, I think, in March or April, like you said. April. Yeah, Europa was in April. But I mean, that's how many months now you're prepping. So, did, I mean, I'm assuming you had blood work and everything for like afterwards. No. <laughs> Do you think it was anything like hormonal? I think this is more mental. Yeah. I don't I'm sure the hormones weren't great. They never are. But in this case, I... Like more mental yeah like my hormones like were not rebalanced at all like i didn't i hadn't got my period back from being super lean like nothing had rebalanced but i don't think it wasn't it was i think i was in like a very deep depression and i didn't really know it was more of like you said you didn't know where to go from after november right yeah i think i had a huge adrenaline dump after like my year and after getting married and I think instead of actually like, you know, like sitting in that and celebrating and like, or, or feeling sad that it's over, you know what I mean? Cause like, I mean, you might understand this when like something so big you're looking forward to is over, you, you feel like a bit like, well, shit, it's done. Was that even as good as I expected it to be? Fucks you up. Yeah. <laughs> you build your expectations to be much higher than. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, like, really, you should work through that as a human. I think you should like think about it and figure out 
why and that it actually was really good and that you can still appreciate it even though it's not as good as you built it up in your mind and all these things like these things that you mentally need to work through and I just was like nope I'm I'm competing on to the next on to the next and like yeah I I don't know if I'll ever understand like why but I think I have a bit more insight now than I did like a year ago you know what I mean I mean it's very normal for people after a wedding alone to feel like this relationships and everything you always hear like after your honeymoon is like the hardest part of your marriage pretty much mm -hmm. not just because of the relationship but because of how you feel the excitement for your whole life is waiting to get married your whole relationship with a human waiting to get married mm -hmm. and if you pair that on with your best season of competing ever which is your life your career mm -hmm. everything you put your effort into and you pair that with the expectation and pressure that's created from it mm -hmm. i know what it's like to compete for something and have everyone expecting you to win mm -hmm. and it takes the fun out of everything. Mm -hmm. 100%. It's not like the, coming in as an underdog is, in anything will be the most fun you will ever have in it. The better you come, the more expectations you have, the more successful you are, the more and more it sucks the fun out of it. And you're just trying to fulfill what people are expecting you to become. Mm -hmm. And to go on top of that and just like, like I think very few people under, can understand that. I think very few people put themselves in positions that allows them to feel like they've truly failed and let themselves and the people around them down mm -hmm. to have expectations from people around you from yourself and give a hundred percent of your effort because i think if if people fail at something but like they're the underdog and they maybe didn't try a hundred percent they didn't give it like they didn't kill themselves for it and not everyone it's just like the new guy coming in just trying to try it out and fail that's not a failure you didn't win you know that's not feeling of failure true failure comes from giving everything you have and the fact the actual act of doing it is a vulnerable act putting yourself out there to try and be your best at something and know that you might not and to come out and have the worst show you've ever done no offense the worst you've ever looked literally it's the worst you've worse ever than looked. my first show and you already didn't feel good going into that and like again this is your life this is your career this is everything you do day to day it's all you did. You didn't you cut out your friendship for months. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like normally, I mean, all the years before I had worked, like I had a job or, or I was, I did have a job and I was in university. And like, even when, when you compete, there is some, especially when you're in prep, there is like a, a point when your relationships start to be neglected. You know what I mean? Like you stop to talk to your friends as much. You stop to see them as much, but like, I had always had a job and school and that almost kept me like talking to my friends and like you go to work, I'm like my best friend I used to work at Lululemon with. So like I would see her every day and there was like more going on. And uh, yeah, I, I think those things keep you like grounded and keep you almost sane. Yeah, I think it's just like a, it's a distraction, right? Mm -hmm. so, like you're not at home thinking, when you're dieting, you get to that certain point, you're like, God, when is my next meal or this or that? Like mm -hmm. when you're working or doing anything like that, you're just so focused on the task at hand that you almost kind of forget about everything else you're doing. Yeah, you don't feel the best, but. It also keeps you like having perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like you're still going out and like living in the real world almost. Whereas if you don't do that and all you're doing is like, let's be serious, doing this extremely selfish sport, 
you lose perspective of like, not only yourself and like, whatever, your body changing, like you don't see it, but like all these things, but also like shit that actually matters. And I'm not saying this doesn't matter. Of course it matters, but like, it forces you to look in the mirror and like think about things and think about emotions and just like be. Whereas if the more you isolate yourself, it's just like, it's, it's, you're like stuck in your own head. Yeah. So you need to see other shit to be like, Oh, there's other shit going on in the world, good or bad that other than what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Cause in prep you fucking think the only thing that matters is how hungry you yeah. are and looking to get better. Yes. And if you, if you don't, surround yourself with anything else you don't leave the house other than to accomplish those goals mm-hmm. you can't understand that there's anything else mm-hmm. and, and i think too i mean having any kind of social interaction that's just like outside of your norm is also healthy for your like mental state you know mm-hmm. i mean even if you like when i competed going to work you had to still act professional you still had to you know be polite to other people so like when you're at home you have no problem kind of just cursing somebody off or this or that but you obviously can't do that when you're out there so they kind of created like at somewhat of a balance like you don't go out like with your friends normally or this or that but i mean usually like if you if you ask them to go out they'll still respect what you're doing you just don't you know because Mm -hmm. you're either so tired or anything like that Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're only around one person who just wants you to be happy and feel good and you're like, I don't want to talk, then they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ian's bad at that. Like, I, like, whatever I want, he usually will give it to me, even if it's not what I need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, like, I don't think he had ever been forced to deal with before because normally I'm pretty good at knowing what I need, whether it's not what I want at the time. Yeah. Whereas like I didn't have, I didn't have that sense of like self and intuition and whatever at that point. I mean, yeah, leading up to it, you've already, you've always known what you need and yeah. And he trusts you to know what you need. hundred percent. Especially cause it's literally been like, since it's been like that since he's known me as a person, like that was definitely the first time in my life that I ever, I ever felt lost, you know, like I've, I've had like emotional and rough times, especially with like when I was a younger, like adult, but like, that was like, I mean, not even just that prep I'm talking about like the last whatever year or two, whatever year and a half. It's, I felt extremely sad and lost and just no direction. Don't know how to pick myself off, off, up off the floor, basically. And I had never experienced anything like that before. And I've heard other people talk about feeling that way. And like, I, I listen and can, could understand and like hear them, but I never actually got it. And now I can say I get it and it's fucking awful and it's scary. So like, I'm now at a point where I can say I'm happy that I went through it because I feel like it's given me extreme perspective on like who I am as a person and life and like other people and things like that. And maybe how to deal with things when like, I'm sure something like this is going to happen to me again before I die. And I now I'm like, hopefully going to cope with it better. But like, I've, I literally went into like a deep dark hole for the, for like, I don't know a year after the Arnold and I didn't know how to get out of it. 
I had no idea. I mean, another positive thing I feel like, and not to be cheesy, but to like pull the optimum as that is like, I don't think most people in their lives ever go through something like that mm -hmm. because they don't put themselves in that position. Like I was saying, they're too afraid to like be vulnerable enough to try something like that. And they just like, you know, the people, they go to like a university and they get their job and they just kind of coast through it. They have their family and just live that like classic lifestyle that's just right here all the time. Mm -hmm. And they never feel the highs because they never, they're too scared to feel the lows. So they never put themselves in a position to get to either one. You know, you have to take that risk. Mm -hmm. And while it fucking sucked, you were on the road and you were on the path to be able to feel highs. Mm -hmm. And like, it's real feeling rather than just kind of living through life with nothing. Mm -hmm. You're putting yourself out there for it and you're getting stronger, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's scary, but it's exciting to feel things in life. Mm -hmm. I mean, to build on that, I mean, any failure is going to, I think failure is important, right? So like, if you don't fail, there's no way to grow. So like you said, instead of being steady, like you'll have the highs and lows, but you know, with, with failure comes that uncomfortableness, right? So you don't like being uncomfortable. So you want to try to build towards being comfortable. So that's kind of like where you're coming at, I guess, now after it all. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you're going to learn more from your failures than you are from your successes, right? Mm -hmm. So it's in the moment, it's probably hard to look at it as like objectively. Like if you were to see someone else going through it, you might be able to give them advice and this and that. But when it was yourself or any of us or anyone, you're like, you'll start overthinking everything. And especially if you're isolating yourself, it just gets worse and worse. Mm -hmm. you no. Know? Mm -hmm. Well, it almost became hard to not isolate too, because like, I mean, I'm pretty, I don't know, easy to read. Like, people I, I feel like get to know me pretty easily, you know what I mean? So like, if I would even leave the house and go to work out at the gym, there would be like in one visit to the gym, probably at least three people come up to me and ask me if I was okay. Not because of anything, but other than how I was carrying myself and looking. And well, I know that these people are actually just asking because they care and they see me work out and I'm happy-go-lucky at the gym every day. People asking me that was making me feel worse and worse and worse. So then I stopped even going to the gym. And it was just like this like cyclical effect of like, people keep asking me if I'm okay. And like, I'll tell people, no, I'm not okay. That usually was the answer. And then it would be like, oh, like people would give advice and I understand and all, which is, it's fine. Like, that's great. But it was, it was making me feel worse. I would just, that was just, oh my God, I'm cramping. <laughs> <laughs> my adductors. Oh, um, it was just like, yeah, it was making me feel worse. It was just making me feel less like myself. I was mm. just like, I don't know. I'm never going to be that girl ever again. Like, fuck, I'm not myself and everyone else can see it. Yeah strangers can see it like people that i it's hard for you to hide you walk around and hi honey how you doing like, hi. some big smile on your face talk to everyone you pass by like you have an infectious laugh too so like if you if no one hears your laugh like you know something's up you know yeah i know it was it just it made it like yeah i mean even that is a pressure on you in your always life you know you like walk into the room and people expect to be lit up by you you know yeah and to not have that that's another expectation and that is you and I'm, that's probably makes you feel amazing every time you do it mm -hmm. but this creates that pressure of when it's not there it's so much harder for you mm -hmm. which i think one of my favorite quotes is very short just pressure is a privilege 
And I think that's fucking cool. And it took me a long time to understand, like actually understand that. But it is a really it's a fucking privilege to feel the pressure of like anything, whether it's people ex- expecting you to win the show or just to make put a smile on their face on that day. You yeah. know, like be grateful that you have that impact on anyone or people care about you. Well, and I, that's hard when you don't. Yeah. And like, that's, that's like such, like that comes from such a place of like gratitude. And I feel like I used to always live my life, like from a place of gratitude, like even going to the gym when I didn't want to, I was still that person that was always able to be like, that you get to do this or like, if I really didn't want to go to work, it was like, well, this is like actually lucky that you get to get in your car and drive down the road and go work in a beautiful store. You know what I mean? Like I always was that person, even on like bad days, I was usually able to be that person and that was gone. And I, I would, I like all these things that people say, like your mantra and like cognitive thinking and all these things to like get yourself back to that place. I was trying them. And it, it, nothing was working. Like it, it, nothing, I was just like, I, I felt hopeless. Extreme, extreme, extreme hopelessness. And like, it's funny because like now that I'm feeling so much better, I wish I had like a simple answer to be like why I don't, why I feel better, but I, I don't. I just randomly one day like started to feel okay, not feeling okay. And then I started to feel better. I, mean, I, I don't think like, it was one day. I think it was, you might've just yes, like- I shouldn't say it finally like realized one day, but I noticed you kind of slowly, you'd have a, like a perky day and then you'd kind of disappear for a bit and like gradually became more consistent. Mm-hmm. But I think it, I don't know, came from you, you trying those things like you said, just like trying to be grateful and never giving up on that. Mm-hmm. Like you never gave up on that. It was, you may have told yourself it's never going to get better. Like I'm hopeless, but you never, I don't think you ever actually were like to the point where like it's never getting better. You may have told yourself that, but you always kept like put inching forward. Yeah. I would at least say aloud. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than fucking saying aloud you're not. Yeah, no, it's true. Put in your self-fulfilling prophecy that fucked you at the beginning yeah it can still fix you too yeah like on the, like the the pressure part i mean like i think it's crazy to me i mean everywhere i go i said i get more questions probably about you mel than i do about chris because like every, <laughs> like i said everyone always just like they either want to know what's up with you or just because they like look up to you you know so yeah i think just like you you feeling those things because like i mean there's a lot of girls that you talk to i mean it could be in anything in life but i mean i think everyone can at least from our perspective know it more from competing that have like the same issues Mm -hmm. so i think like just seeing you you know kind of breaking through now a little bit i think it's definitely something that i mean they're obviously following well it's it's interesting because at the beginning i was like getting a lot of questions like where are you? Why aren't you posting on social media? Are you pregnant? Did you disappear for nine months because you actually hid your pregnancy and popped out a baby and didn't, you know what I mean? Like things like that. And at first I remember being so like fucking offended. Like I was like, first of all, yes, I've gained weight. Don't call me pregnant. When I seriously doubt any of it was about that. I wasn't even putting my face on social media. And number two, how the fuck dare you? Like, so, so offended. And then finally I was like, 
how lucky are you that these people actually give a shit about what you're doing? You know what I mean? Even you not doing anything, people care about where you are and what you're doing. Like, this is so, you're so lucky. What are you doing? And like, people like, I, I, I tried to answer people when they were asking me where I was and like, I'm, I wasn't going to like do a huge post, like I'm leaving social media, but like with people message me and were like, Hey, I'm worried about you. I would try to answer, but like, I also didn't cognitively take a break from social media because I needed a break from social media. Like that was not what happened at all. I didn't, social media never did anything wrong to me. Social media did not have, like, it wasn't that. It was that I did not feel in any way inspired by who I was as a person and the life that I was living. And there was no way in hell that I could post anything at that time that I felt would give any value to anybody. So I just left and people were saying like, what you're going through, you should share. But like, when you don't understand what you're going through yourself, how are you going to get on there with 60,000 strangers and tell them what you're going through? Like, I didn't understand. I still don't really understand. Even for me to sit here and think that I'm going to share and people are going to care and get what I'm trying to say. I still feel like I'm talking about nothing. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's very scary. Did it, like, you said social media didn't affect you, but, like, your personality is kind of of, like, like, a lot of people looked at you as the figure girl who stayed beautiful, who stayed strong, who is, like, Melissa doesn't get cracked by this. Melissa's not fake on social media. Melissa's a real person. She's happy. She's good. Like, you had a lot of people thinking that of you, and then would you have thought anything you put on social media would just been fake, or did you feel just fake internally, even aside from social media? The people like thinking you're the strong one who gets through it all kind of you know i think a lot of people looked up like every figure girl i ever meet not that i meet a lot of figure girls <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they always talk of you like wow most is the one i look up to she's so gold she's just yep. like she seems just so like has her shit together like a normal human not just like a fucking fitness person who's off the rails did, you, did that create like a feeling more feeling inside of you of like I'm not that person. I feel like fake that these people look up to me like that. Not really, because I, I don't even think that's why, like, I wouldn't even say that's why people look up to me. You know what I mean? Why do you think people look up to you? Because I'm relatable? Because I'm real? I don't know. Uh, that's okay. And because let's call it how it is like you go through phases where you have a really nice body and people want it you know what i mean there's a lot of people on instagram with really nice bodies that are people don't like yeah that's true but like you need one thing to like show them the other well for to, me to get them for, in the door. for me i did i mean I and like, it's a combination of both though i mean i think at the same time it's it is yeah the, the body aspect and everything else but i think it's just like your personality and stuff in general it's just like, like you said, you're relatable in a sense that I think they want to have that same confidence you have and this and that. So when they didn't see it, it was something that was w different to them. And maybe that was it. Like maybe if I do feel like people look up to me because I'm confident in who I am and I was, I was not. Like you, you have no problem mean? saying it how it is, right? And it's like the best thing, honestly, probably about you is you have no problem saying your mind. I mean, sometimes it could cause problems but 
like it's better to say and get off your chest right you know so i think like people are jealous the fact that you i mean i know i am sometimes when if you just go out and say something it's just like oh wow i mean i'm she went out there and said it, you know. <laughs> yeah, we may sit there for, there for two minutes, like "fuck you." It's you. I can't believe you just said that out loud. But it's like I wish I could have said. But that. you say the things that people like either are thinking or need to hear, right? So the only way someone can grow from that is by hearing it. Yeah, but like, what if I don't have those words? Like for the last twelve months, what if I didn't have those words for myself that's, or for? That's it? the point. That's yeah, kind of, that's, yeah. That, or in the multitudes of kind of that made you feel like held down, like wanting to like pull back your, who you are kind of, you weren't yourself for the, like a year. No, I wasn't. Yeah, maybe. That kind of kept you down in that spot. Yeah. A lot of things that I, um, I mean, not just that other people like, what's the word when you like, not like define me by, I guess. The traits that people define me by, and even that I define myself by, I felt like they were all gone. Yeah. So that created that feeling of like lostness. Mm -hmm. And, and to, sorry, to clarify, I'm not saying this is what made you feel like that. I was saying, I feel like we addressed, I feel like for your case, actually, where most people's not, it was all mostly internal that put you there. Yes. How you felt about yourself. Yes. I'm just saying, kind of what made it harder was other people. This has an add on. But I, I, I 100%, knowing you my entire life, I could understand that, like you said at the beginning, I don't think social media or other people's affected you a fraction of how much your own mind did yourself. Yeah, but you're right. There are certain things that might make you stay in that shit like longer than if, if they weren't there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if, if those character traits that define you are lost and then there's that like pressure that, this is what your value is based on to the people that watch you on social media. And, and I mean, not really in my life. Cause I didn't really feel any pressure from like people direct. Like I didn't feel pressure from you or like Ian or any, yeah. even my girlfriends. Like I didn't really feel pressure to like get better and to get back to being myself. But like, for sure, like social media, like what are you going to like everything that is good about me on social media, why people like me is now gone. Like, what, do you, what am I going to do on there then? Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what happened. Plus there's also this whole body image thing that like I, I struggle with. I struggle with every single off season though. I'm not going to pretend that that's like something new that like fucked me up. Like that has, I mean, probably since I was 16 years old, it's been something that I've struggled with, but like that also prevents me from putting myself out there hundred percent, not near as much as the mental shit that i was going through though personal internal stuff yes which i think the fact that it for you the number one thing that's going to put you in that hole is all personal internal stuff mm -hmm. i feel like it's a big reason you have the ability to be extremely successful because you're not relying on external sources for your motivation or for your lack of motivation mm -hmm. you put yourself in the hole you'll pull yourself out yes which most people um do shit for anyone else or for social media for whatever yeah most people are usually not good people and they'll do good things you know <laughs> they're not nice people <laughs> yeah I've always been very like like my validation has always been internal and like my 
my drive has always been very internal and my like personal responsibility has always been extremely high. Like that's just always how I've been, which is good. But I think sometimes there's a lot of like intense pressure that I put on myself as a strong woman to always be such and to not rely on other people. And like, it's every virtue is going to have like a thing that it's, there's going to be like, what is it? Every action has a reaction. Like there's always going to be something that's yeah. Yeah. You know? And. Well, that was kind of what I was touching before. It's like, you can either go in the middle and have a little bit of nothing, or you have something that's really good that also causes something really bad. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I would personally rather that than just kind of having a neutral life. Me too. You know? Me too. I mean, I'm also a very highly emotional person, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you think looking back, if you had leaned on Chris or Ian more, you would have gotten out of it quicker? Yeah, for sure. Like 100%. I don't think I knew how. I hope now that I do. Or now I'll be able to be like, I don't know how to need you right now, but I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like sometimes that's all you need to say, especially to someone that like knows you and cares about you. But I mean, you build up this like armor that you're like, I can take care of myself. I'm fine. I'll figure it out myself. I'll do the, all this. And like people around you trust you to do that. People are like, okay, well, she just, she's, she'll figure it out. You know what I mean? When sometimes it's hard to be like, I need you right now. Whether it's for anything, it could be something as small as helping I don't know, fix the, the door. Like it could be anything or needing to borrow money or anything. Like I've always been not good at like needing people, but I'm getting better. <laughs> My family's not good at that. Yeah. I can power through anything alone. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the entire four, all four of us are probably a lot like that actually. In our in our very in our own ways, yeah. <laughs> it's worked so far. <laughs> Why change now? We're still alive, <laughs> right? We're still here. Yeah, got a smile on at the end of the day. So you were gonna prep for, was it Australia or was it originally? Oh God, now I have to talk about this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the last year or this this year. year. Well, no, last year I had started prep, I don't know, four times and, and stopped every single time. And that is now me dealing with this terrifying, like crippling anxiety that I will never get in shape ever again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like now I'm like, oh, well you looked like shit then. And like, now your body is way far past being ready to get on stage. Like you're fucked now. So like I've, I've started to prep four times and been like a week has been really like actual prep. And then I'll like start slowly stopping, stopping, and then just done. I'm like, Oh, I'll do a show later. I'll do a show later. And then, uh, I applied for Arnold Australia. Last year. Yeah, the one that didn't happen this year. So I applied for that, I think, like, last December or something. And uh, I can't even really remember what happened. Same thing, probably. Started, stopped, and then got accepted, and then basically said, I'm sorry, I can't. 
like I can't commit to this. I'm sorry that I wasted your time, but like there's no way that I will do myself justice if I do a show. And like the show didn't happen anyways, but uh, it's still kind of embarrassing. I mean, it took you more courage that time to say no, whereas you should have said that the year before. Yes. In the year before, you didn't have the courage to say no, so you just you put yourself in your hole and pushed through it. This year, you were like, I will not be ready. And you that's hard to fucking talk to these higher people and competing who have accepted you to the show you want to do and tell them. Yes, no. yes. It wasn't an easy conversation. Well, they took it very well. Oh my God, so well. <laughs> Probably ended up being the easiest conversation ever after you got the first Yeah, one. after you actually say it. Plus, like, I feel like Australians are just so sweet. Like, I just connect with them so much. Every time I've met an Australian, I feel like I'm literally talking to someone that I've met, uh, like, that I've known for years. It's just, like, cool so genuine. I know not everyone is the same just because they're from, like, whatever continent, but still. The culture of the type of people. Yeah. Just don't come to Jersey for that. <laughs> well, people are real at least no yeah but they're real that's true that's, true. that's better than like west for, to me that's better than la people we're just yeah. fake as fuck and we'll sell your mom's left nut to your mom doesn't have nuts <laughs> yeah, <they> sell it. <laughs> that's west coast people they go behind your back will use you for a fucking their own good like yeah like jersey people looking you in the face and tell you to fuck yourself that's true i would much rather that yeah, Cali, you can only really take in doses. Yeah. That's a place to visit. You find nice small cities, you could probably escape some of it, but LA and shit is questionable. Yeah, that's a place to visit, not a place to live. So, this is probably a long episode. Then, to wrap up a little bit, what's do you have any? I know I don't want to say it. Not, I'm not saying the word advice, not even what I'm trying to say. What's next for you, kind of, and how are you approaching it, do you think? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't know, you don't know. That's a fair answer. I think what I've been doing the last couple, I mean, maybe, I don't know, three weeks. It's, it's been a, like a slow integration of, of routine and like things that actually make me happy again, instead of the pressure of like, you need to do this. So you better, you better start, you know yeah. what I mean? Or else you'll never get to do it, which is, that's what I was feeling before. And I still like, I love dieting. I love going to the gym. Like I love prepping for shows. I love competing. I'm never, I'm not stressed out when I compete. I'm not too tired to like uh, put my clothes on for me. Not that like you or Ian do that, but like I'm a very energetic person when I'm prepping. You know what I mean? It's not like a complained city for me. So I want to get, I want to get back to there. So I've been like very slowly like starting cardio again and doing spin classes and then eating on a, on a, proper clean diet again and then I started back in the gym a few days ago so it's kind of been like step 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 and then eventually it will be start to prep and then be scared but do it anyways but I think at the end of the day I mean like you generally love the working like you didn't get into it originally to compete you got into working out because you loved it and then you competed because you loved it so like there's still that passion there. I think like the difference is is you hear a lot of people, like you said, you didn't, you don't, you get your cup of coffee in the morning and you're fine. Right. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of these other people, like they'll complain from 14 weeks out and you're like, well, if you're complaining at 14 weeks out, like, why are you even doing this? Is it for yourself? Is there another reason why you're doing it? Or 
like are you lost but i mean like you said you still have that like passion to get up and do it every day so i think that's the difference yeah and i for a long time i was almost too scared to say that i still had the passion because i didn't want someone to look at me and be like well no you don't if you did you would just do it you know what i mean so I was almost like shutting it down. I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll be okay if I'm done. Like, I'll never compete again. Yeah, I might compete. I might not. And then finally, I like, like, was just like, what the fuck? I will not be okay if I never stop, step on stage again. I will not like be fulfilled. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not done yet. So why are you going to stop? You will always look back and regret that. Exactly. Yeah. So like, what? I've, I've started to use like the sentence lately, like what's the alternative? You know what I mean? Like if we're going to be scared of something or something's going to be uncomfortable or something's going to suck for a little bit, what's the alternative? And like the alternative to me not trying is worse than me trying and failing again. So I'm fucking doing it. And fuck the haters. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I honestly, I don't think I'll fail. I do, I do not. I really feel very good over the last couple of weeks and I feel very confident in my, my mind, my body, my discipline, my genetics, everything. I feel very, I feel, I'm excited. So life's good, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I said, when you're, when you're, when you're on, you're on basically, you know, mm -hmm. like you put in the work at the gym, you do your cardio, you do, everything you need to do when you're on. Mm -hmm. I think a lot see, of people they eh? see more of it uh, on social media now or in the future. This is the thing that's interesting because I feel like I really never was on social media very much. You were like that, no. You know what I mean? And I wish I I wish I was. Like I feel like I really like it. I don't think it's bad. I like sharing. I like being myself. I like, but like, I like it a lot more than I do. Probably. But like starting is hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's definitely like a goal to, to make it just normal to like yeah. start and do it enough that it's just normal to do like what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Well, the more you, uh, for sure, the more you do something, the more normal. Even me, I normally post every day throughout the year. In normally quarantine, I post like once every 10 days, and I feel weird posting because I've been out of it. Yes. I've only put up like throwbacks, and I have like. Whereas before, I'm sure it was just second nature. You would just done, yeah. go. Oh, a picture? Take a selfie. Oh, you take a picture of me. And now I'm like, I feel weird doing it. Like, mm -hmm. I feel fucking, yeah. Mm -hmm. I also don't like it that much, but the whole other story. But yeah, definitely the more you do, you feel more welcome comfortable i said the most uncomfortable i think i've ever felt was not uncomfortable but it was back when you mentioned the uh 2018 olympia when all three of you competed yeah and we had gone to the win <laughs> and you're like i In don't what? care we, you're like i don't care we're going to the pool and i was like I got to go to the pool with three people that just competed in the Mr. Olympia. <laughs> and I was just like, I did, wasn't dieted or anything. And I remember it was like, Ian was 260. You just were like 230, came in second and you were like shredded. And I'm just looking at myself like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so I think we got down to the pool and like immediately you guys are like, I'm getting in the water. 
So of course, like I'm following you three, and I think we get onto the pool, and everyone's just staring at you guys. At Ian, and maybe. probably. <laughs> just because you guys also have your tan still on, right? So oh, you're just yeah. like bronze, and everyone's staring at you. And I'm pasty white, and uh, we get into the pool, and everyone's like staring, and they're like, "Well, what do you guys do?" And clearly, like you guys were all like competing, so you guys said all that, and then they all like looked at me for like an extra like five minutes. We're like. Well, wait, no. What do you do? over <laughs> there. So, like, why are you with them? But uh, it was just like the funniest feeling to me to be with you guys that day. <laughs> That's why you were jacked in 2019, eh? Yeah, yeah. I had to one up myself. In the Made year. up for it the next. Yeah, year. yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't even notice that. Oh, it was it was terrifying. <laughs> well, good for you for doing it, anyways. Yeah. I wouldn't, and it's funny because, like, I mean, I didn't even notice. I didn't even think about it. You know what I mean? Like, I would never think about anyone else's body like that. But, like, when you're thinking about your own, it's, like, the biggest deal ever. Yeah. Like, I would never judge another person's body. Like, I wasn't out of shape. It just was, like, just being around you three. And you guys were, like. Extreme, extreme, extreme. Yeah, bone dry. And you're just, like. Probably looks so disgusting, actually. <laughs> now that I look back at photos, like, after the day post show, I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. Like, I mean, even I have that for different reasons of, like, if I'm with my friends and I'm not, like, in great shape or something, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, my friends are all regular people. If Chris is fucking Mr. Olympia bodybuilder, he's going to take his shirt off and fucking shred and jack. Yeah. And I, I still do compared to average people, but I don't feel like I do. So I'm like, I'll be the one guy with my shirt on. Yeah. And like, I also don't like having my shirt off. I wear baggy hoodies all the time. But like, part of the reason is like, I feel like I'm expected to like pull it off and be like fucking chiseled underneath and I'm not, you know? Yeah, for sure. Fucking. Expectation is a bitch. It is a bitch. But it's also... But pressure is a privilege. Pressure is a privilege. Remember that. (laughs) It is. It is. It took me a little too late to figure it out, but... I mean, it's just a... It has to be a constant reminder. Yeah. Things like these are going to, like, you'll remember them. The next day, you'll forget them. It's just life. Yeah, you don't become grateful. You have to try to be every day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Even, Even then, I mean, you guys have always been humble. It was never like you guys have. Oh, you're still the same person you are today than you were five years ago when you guys first got into like the industry. I'd like to think I've grown. Thank you very much. Well, I, from a humble. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you're still 19. That was just an immature little prick. Yeah, but like you still have that same. Like I don't think you lost that. Like you're not. You don't think you're better than anybody else because yeah, of who yeah. you guys are. You know. I, I think, like, the number one thing that I can, like, relate back to is, like, when I was at MHP, I'm not going to name names, but you had your divas of athletes that you would deal with and this and that. And, you know, I, the one, like, thing that I think that I noticed from Chris was we were out in L.A. And I always had to ask, like, the athlete what they needed for their food, exactly when they needed it. It had to be exactly on time. And I asked Chris, like, probably way too many times for his liking. And he looked at me and he's like, I said, like, Chris, you hungry? You need your food, this and that. And he's like, honestly, like, you need to stop asking me that question. He's like, are you hungry? If you're hungry, go get food. I'll eat whatever. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, stop talking to me like I'm uh, an athlete. Talk to me like a friend. And I was like, okay. like <laughs> <laughs> He was treating me like he was like my assistant, you know? And look and at like, you guys now. 
<laughs> oh, that's so funny. I could never actually have an assistant. Yeah, no. Let- oh, he was. I mean, he was so angry because I I must have asked like five times in the matter of like because I'm like every bodybuilder needed to eat two and a half hours when I had to deal with them, and they were like whatever and. I must have asked him like five times, like, are you sure you don't want your chicken and rice <laughs> now? And that's, he got sick. Do I need to go heat up your meal? Do I need to go make it? Do I need to cut your chicken for you? Do I need to feed you? The spoon feed me. I can chew it up if you need me to. But, but at the same time, he was, he was the same person that like when he first came to New Jersey, like Chipotle wasn't big in Canada. So I think when he first came here, we had one like right next to the office I mean, he must have had Chipotle six times in the matter of 48 hours. Yeah. So, like, it was weird that, like, someone, like, he was, he would make other foods work. So, I didn't have to go out of my way to get things prepared. He was just, like, the easiest person to deal with. You were prepping, obviously. No. No. It's like an no. off season. It's a blessing and a curse, but I hate to be, like, a... A diva. A, a disturbance on anyone, you know? Yeah. Like... Put, like, but I said, like, you're still that me. same person today, even with the success. Both of you. I guess, yeah. In my opinion, that that shouldn't. But that's no. I, guess, why, I don't see why that would change anything, you know? Yeah, but that's just like something that like you'll never understand, and so you ne- you'll never have to worry about. You know yeah. What I mean? And the people that it happens to probably still don't even think that it's happening to them. It's just like. <laughs> That's just, you know, it's just like who they you are. They actually think they're better than people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just something that's inside that you can't really explain. Yeah. All right. To wrap this up, kind of going to pee my pants right now, probably. But I don't know. I think that's going to be a very helpful conversation for a lot of people. I know you think not having answers of specifically what made you feel better and what you're doing to feel better is makes you feel like you don't want to share because you still don't understand. But I think that you don't know and you find it complicated yet you are still feeling better because you're trying in every way that you can and sharing that you feel like this and so many other people feel like this and are maybe afraid to talk about it it normalizes it makes people believe they will get better whether or not they really understand how Mm -hmm. so i think that's really important and it's all of it is a huge act of courage your belief in yourself is an act of courage to go from that fear and that failure and like that's like there's so many talks of what true courage is now. And I think this is, I'm quickly learning. It's putting yourself in vulnerable situations where in losing and being shitty at stuff. And that's showing courage where you're fucking terrified. Something scared you, something hurt you in the past, yet you jump right back into it. Mm-hmm. That's being vulnerable and that's courage. So yeah, I think that was a, very going to be very helpful. We can dive into what's coming up next for you and for me and stuff in a later episode, but Thanks for sharing. And do you guys have anything else you'd like to say? I mean, I'm just always open to like talk about anything with anyone. So I feel like if anyone ever wants to like talk to me on like, I don't know, social media or like my emails and my thing, I don't get crazy emails. Like I, I would love to talk to girls that are struggling. You know what I mean? Cause I know what it's like. And I want to like give as much as I possibly can. I want something good to, feel like it's coming from this like yes if for myself but also for like other people so mm-hmm. yeah. i'm an open book usually most of the time so typically yeah 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 so just anything if you guys have any comments just i guess even leave it below and i'm sure you guys if it's from a competing perspective you guys can help answer it a little bit better than i can 
And if it's personal, feel free to slide in your DMs <laughs> if you're a female. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you don't want it public, that's okay too. But yeah, speaking of fucking paradise on fire, I think a lot of people look at our lives like paradise, but it could slowly be burning down. If, if we're going to allow it to, or sometimes cause it to ourselves. <laughs> True. Yeah, on fire, not burning down. We still have the ability to put it out. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and with that, we'll wrap it out. So we will catch you guys next Wednesday on another episode of Paradise and Fire. <laughs>